Hi, I'm Maggie. Hi, I'm Grace, and this is A Very Bookish Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to A Very Bookish Podcast, and welcome to week two of October 2021. Today we have our second guest for the month. We have Nisha. Hi, Nisha. How are you? Hi, I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, we're so excited to have you on because Grace and I have both been following you for a while, and it's it's surreal. I think we talked about this last week. It's like it's so weird to like read your books and then like see these authors and be like talking to them. And we're like, hey, hi, <laughs> I've been well, following I, you. I hope I'm not disappointing because <laughs> <laughs> never, never, never. No, never. I love your videos. It's so. Oh it's, my gosh. It's so funny how authors now can connect on like TikTok and stuff with their audiences and stuff. Oh yeah. Because. I've never like any books I read. I wouldn't know anything about the author. And now the books I read, I'm like, oh yeah, I follow them on TikTok. I like mm-hmm. see all their funny videos and stuff. And I like some of the videos are very informative as well. You do a lot of very informative videos and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I love her. I can't wait to pre-order her book. And I was like, yes, you announced it. And I was like waiting for the cover reveal. And then I saw the cover and I was like, oh. it's good, oh, right? The cover is, is pretty good. The cover is so good. And um, for those who are listening, we're talking about the cover reveal for um, Dating Dr. Dill, which is also kind of inspired by the 10 Things I Hate About You cover or like the poster, right? Yeah. Yeah. When so, I saw that, it was so cute. Yeah. No, I they 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 took my notes and they really did a great job with it. So um Dating Dr. Dill is uh, the first book in a trilogy of Shakespeare-inspired um, romances, and Bethany Morrow actually calls it remixed, like classics, and I love that term, so I'm going to be using that. So it's a remixed classic uh, re- uh, tale of, you know, Taming of the Shrew, and um, the 10, 10 Things I Hate About You was also a retelling of Taming of the Shrew, and we were looking at ideas for the cover and I said, you know what, like the one thing I love about Taming of the Shrew is that the heroine never loses her agency. And it's just all about the great banter. And Dating Dr. Bill was like so fun to write because I spent a lot of time focusing on the banter and to kind of pay homage to the retelling of Taming of the Shrew, we decided to kind of use the cover as our, our model. Um, and Fatima uh, Bag, I think um, is how you spell it. She's a Pakistani artist. She did the work and it's just, she made she made those characters look great. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it, it looks so cute. It definitely fits in with the style of books coming out right now, that like cartoonish style. So it's like perfect. And like when I first saw it, I was like, I, I didn't even see that it was you who posted it. Like, I didn't even look at the thing and I was like, oh my God, is that her book? And then I looked down and I was like, it was your username. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm waiting for the pre-order to drop and then Electric Idol to drop. And then I'm just buy a bunch of books pre-ordered before the shortage and just make sure I have a copy of this book so I can read it because it looks so good. And I think that's what also makes a book is the cover. Like a lot of people... <laughs> for those of you who are just listening sorry lizzie bennett just jumped into my lap she's like a little needy right now (laughs) wait is her name lizzie bennett like elizabeth bennett from yeah oh my gosh i love that i love that and then if you want i can show you nancy drew really quick hey pops come here nancy drew is literally laying she's like on her back now she's like i'm not moving anywhere but i'll show her you in a second yeah yeah yeah, no, forget it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> She'll show up in a second. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I feel like your cover, a lot of people, like, I think a lot of people associate like book covers with authors. And for you, yeah. I, I saw that cover and now that's the only cover I associate with you because I love it so much. And I'm like, oh yes, I can see it in my mind right now. I'm so excited to like have it in my hand, unboxing it. I'm going to, oh, 
I'm so excited. As you can tell, yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoy the story. It was definitely yeah. a lot of fun to write. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't love banter-filled romance? I mean, that's like that is like a, an essential piece of any book that comes across Book Talk now. It's like if it has banter, that's like an automatic purchase. That's an automatic read yeah. because you know that tension buildup, that that type of like you know conversation that going go back and forth it really makes the reader invested mm-hmm. and having good banter is just like chef's kiss right there so of course it's going to be amazing and I'm so excited for it yeah thank you so kind of like to, that kind of leads right into my question is like how what is your recipe for like good banter when you're writing um a book like how do you how do you mix like tension but also like the cat like how do you mix all of that together to make like perfect banter in a book? Ooh, that is a big question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, I think the one, the one thing I have to say about banter is that it has to feel very natural and I have to know where the banter is going. Otherwise it's just wordplay and wordplay can get boring pretty quickly. Mm. So for the scene, I try to, before I even sit down and start typing, I want to kind of nail down what is what is the goal for the scene? Where am I going? How am I planning on getting there? Like, what is the actual physical elements in the story? Are there they in a restaurant? Will they be eating? Is that going to play into the banter versus are they walking somewhere? And um, once I have all those pieces in place, usually it starts with pick, like I'm all about transition. So it has to transition from the previous scene and that's where I start. And whoever feels the most comfortable starting in that moment based on, you know, just uh, on, on what, who I think would be the most comfortable um, with their goals and their, and their motivation and what they want out of the scene, um, they'll start. And I kind of just run with it. There's really no secret sauce when it comes to banter for me. Um, it's just, I have to know what's going to happen, what they're trying to say. And if they're trying to say in a way that like, doesn't exactly address it, or if they're just going to go straight and, you know, um, like say it as it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and like when it comes to comedy, like, so my, my like specialty, I, I hate to say that word, but like the one thing that I, I enjoy the most is like fun banter, funny banter, and not just not cutting and, and sharp wit banter as much, but like the, the humorous comedy that comes out of um, wordplay. Um, and um, when, I, when I like tell the jokes or like I, I lay the groundwork for the jokes, um, it has to like be quick because if it takes too much setup, then it just gets boring. So yeah. I focus on like making sure that the setup is quick, the delivery is just as quick and it moves on into the scene. Banter can't take more, uh, most of the space on the page for me. It has to like, it has to keep moving the scene along. Got it. That yeah. sounds really good. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> my brother just got home from school and wanted to come say hi I heard it coming I I heard the steps up the stairs I knew it was coming it happens frequently on the podcast that is a-okay uh but so I'm I'm guessing the way you said that is you're more of a do you plot more when you go to the books and you like plan out your books more or are you a kind of a mix of mix of both like you go in to writing a scene and you know like hey this is what I want to happen in the scene and like this is how I'm going to get there and then you write or do you sometimes you don't and you just write like the scene So um I, when it comes to like plotting and pantsing I used to be a like very rigid plotter. I would have to know exactly what happened in every single scene and every single part of the book. And that was when I was working like 60, 70 hours a week. I was um, working in Manhattan and I would write on the train into the city and then I would edit on the train out of the city and I would sometimes write scenes on my phone. But that's how I got my career started. Like I wrote my so-called Bollywood Life that way. I wrote Rob and Jay's Recipe for Romance that way. I wrote the first two sing books, like just like that. And, um, you know, that uh, process worked really well for me when I was kind of like, I only had a limited amount of brain space, but the minute the pandemic happened and I started reevaluating the books that the stories that I wanted to tell and how I wanted to tell them, um, I kind of 
have released myself from the shackles of plotting. And, uh, and I think uh, part of that means that I now think about the end goal for the story. I think about some of the major plot points in the story, and then I will write to the next plot point. I'll think about what happens and then I'll write to the next plot point. So it's never fully laid out. I still have structure in there. Um, and you know, I kind of, I kind of go from there, right? Like I, I focus on the structure, but like, I don't, uh, they're not fully like, um, like George R. George R. R. Martin coined the terms architect and gardener. So an mm. architect has the blueprints for everything. Right. You know, the measurements, you know, all the corners, all the doors, all the angles, everything. The gardener plants the seeds and basically cultivates these plot points until you have the full garden. Um, mm. So for me, I like to think I'm somewhere in between. Like, so I have like a cabin in the woods and I, instead of like a full like skyscraper, I'm just working on this cabin. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so funny to me, especially like that whole term, um, totally sidetracked point, but doing with the gardener thing. I, I recently just bought a home. And so like my mom and I are like redoing our whole front yard. And I feel like that is like me and her. She's just like, I'm the one, you know, doing the ground. I, I'm the one that's cultivating all of these plants. I'm planting everything. I'm watering it. And whereas me, I'm like, why don't we do this and like flatten out this land and then it could just transition over here. <laughs> and it's just so funny that that like that was whole, all running through my head when you were talking about that whole structure. And that was just so funny. But I also think that that kind of transitions into uh, how I write as well, because like I have to have, like you said, like those like main points kind of like that you're hitting along the plot line. And you don't know really how you're going to get there. That kind of goes along with your writing process, but you do know you want to enter that little, that little speed bump right there and then so on and so forth. And I feel like that also allows for your characters to kind of develop into like these really organic ways. And it just feels like the development from where the character started at the beginning of the, the story is more flowing to kind of how they end up towards that end. And you end up kind of discovering what decisions your character will make along the process to end up to that like final stepping stone. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like, tried to talk and I just had a massive voice crack. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just sounded like like I just smoked a pack of cigarettes. Um, <laughs> that's okay. It's it's hard to talk after that. Grace said something really poignant. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, yeah. I, I tell you, anytime we're like on the podcast and Grace starts like her spiel, you just see me like nodding at her and just watching, <laughs> and I'm just like, uh huh, because she's so good at that, like. It's, it's Grace talks about her writing Sometimes. style. We're writing a book together and it is not, we have not written in a while. We actually hey, hey, <laughs> it's, it's the thought that counts. Okay. We know what we want to do. It'll happen somehow, some way. I mean, I think our problem was that quarantine kind of like slowed everything down for us mm. instead of like making us speed up. Um, so yeah, it, it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because like for like me, I am a very structured person. Like I have to have that like structure down and like the details down or else I completely go AWOL and I like, I like go far out at left field when I'm supposed to be going to first base and I'm just oh, that's, oh, yeah. that's my right but left field um <laughs> I'm not good with directions either but um I just find it so interesting how like authors like because we've we've talked with a lot a couple authors and they talk about how like either they're like really heavy into planning or like they're like you where they're like kind of in the middle and then like there's like Katie who last week we talked to her and she's just like oh yeah I write like a book and like four or six weeks and oh, I'm like I know Katie and I are good friends I'm the one who got Katie on on TikTok oh yeah <laughs> oh my gosh that's awesome I love I was like I joining this right yes now. <laughs> it's, I it's so surprising how so like uh, it, it kind of going back to my point I was talking about authors like you and like who I've that's never great. like I got back into reading and I like started reading romance around January to March 
and now I exclusively read romance books. Um, <laughs> I've not read a YA book in so long. Um, they're, they're still pretty good. There's a few really great YAs that oh, recently yeah. come yeah. out. But yeah, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, I mean, but you know what? Right now we have to self-soothe. We're in a global crisis and yeah. it is okay to gravitate towards the stories that make you feel better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> we need those happily ever afters and mm-hmm. romance is the automatic guarantee of those yeah that is like my absolute favorite thing I swear every time like I'll, I'll post a video and then somebody asks is it a happily ever after and I'm just like babe it's romance who hurt yeah. you <laughs> who hurt you <laughs> who hurt you <laughs> yeah guarantee. but my question is how did you get on to TikTok like did you see that other authors were on TikTok and you're like okay I should do it or were you on TikTok before and you're like you were on it for a while and then you're like, hey guys, like I'm an author or what it, What was your process on to coming onto TikTok? So like I've heard about TikTok and like people would like send me TikTok videos and like I wasn't into it because my husband is an engineer and he's all about like how like TikTok is not that secure of a network and like you have to be really careful when you're on that platform. So I kind of avoided it. And then a, a good friend of mine is Alicia Rai and um if you don't follow her on tiktok she's hysterical and um alicia was we like there's a bunch of south asian romance writers who get together and we like talk once a month and we're on checks chains and text chains and whatever and then twice a year we do a, a retreat and normally the retreat is in person but last time it was virtual and on zoom alicia rai is teaching us all how to join tiktok and it's my very first TikTok video of the Zoom call where Sonali Bay was like, I can't see my name. <laughs> and like, you know, and like, I'm yelling, like, it's at the bottom of the screen. It is ridiculous. It's my very first TikTok video. I highly recommend watching it because it's hysterical. And um, I, I posted that. And then I started like following a lot of book talkers because I joined the platform not to not when I first joined the platform, my goal wasn't to promote my own books. My goal was to like find books to read because I am as voracious of a reader as I am, you know, into writing and, um, and like, I'm always looking for good stuff. And, um, I was in like such a big mafia kick. So I started posting like mafia romance recs and I still have to, I have to get back to that, but, um, <laughs> like I have to get back to posting about mafia romances, but, um, like I started posting and then it just kind of became this addiction of posting and connecting and, you know, gushing over favorite books with people. And then of course, someone would have a really like in quotes, I say this in quotes, hot take about a book talk topic. And I would start ranting and TikTok became my outlet. So um, I'm grateful for it. But of course, like, you know, it's not healthy for everybody. It doesn't work that way for everybody. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I'm, I'm really like in awe of a lot of the authors who like feel confident in posting about their book all the time and like sharing and promoting. And like, you know, for me, like, I just can't, I don't have the energy or the stamina or even like the self-preservation to be able to do that. They, they are a lot, (laughs) a lot stronger than I am to be able to do something like that. But so for me, like, I think my content is like all over the place because my goal is to really just have fun. <laughs> it, yeah. it it definitely feels like I'm going to say it, you're like a book content creator. And then like, at least on your book talk, your book talk account, it feels like you're like a book content creator. And then you're like, Oh yeah, I'm also an author. Here's my book. But like, <laughs> I'm going to rant about book talk op- like topics this week, but like, Oh, also here's, here's this book I'm coming out with. So <laughs> It is definitely refreshing because you do, like us as readers, we get that personality. Like if Mm -hmm. you are, I know there's a lot of like authors who just put like content about their books out. Great. Love that. But I love seeing an author's personality and them talking about serious issues and talk, like putting their perspective on Mm -hmm. things. And it's like, I've learned a lot of stuff from authors of, I'm, I'm a white woman. I'm heterosexual passing. I... I, I grew, I mean, my dad's an immigrant, but I'm white. I'm like white. I'm, I'm a white girl from Texas. Like I did not grow up in a very cultured background, let's just say, 
but like I love when you talk about like important issues and stuff because it's like it's not anything I would be able to ever see or perceive because mm-hmm. that's just not I live in Omaha I live in Omaha Nebraska like if that tells you oh anything <laughs> about the diversity where I live yeah, yeah. so yeah it's, and I like yeah the, yeah y'all are both like yeah and I'm like yeah, yeah. at least when that's I lived really, in Dallas it's, it's really funny like sometimes you can get what's called like a heat map of your sales from your publisher or you can get a heat map of your sales if you like self-pub on Amazon and like my sales are primarily like all east and west coast like in the middle it's like it's like tumbleweeds oh my gosh yeah that's all that there is if you see like a tiny spark in nebraska that's that's me (laughs) that's me yeah it's it's definitely that that, uh sense of like culture shock is like really huge like i i'm born and raised in los angeles it's you get every type of person over there you know it's all i don't i I have so many different types of friends that it's just, you know, it's just who we are. And then like, I went to go visit family and I'm just like, um, where are all the brown people? Where did you go visit family? I did a whole road trip to Texas to visit my cousin who um, left LA for, to be with her husband and his family over there. And like every time we would hit a rest stop, I'm just like, um, is like the whole world not like how it is in LA with like the it people? Is not. And like you kind of, you <laughs> like forget, you forget that like, you know, the, like everyone else in the world does not know what that's like. And mm-hmm. for us who like grow up with that type of like demographic around us, we're just like, it's normal to read something, to watch something and see a whole bunch of different types of people of color Mm -hmm. and then like you literally step out of that and then you're just like oh my gosh the whole world is not like this I forget that some people do not know what it's like to see people and automatically see people of color and like that's not how it works and then like you start getting into these conversations with book talk about like, you know, diver- diversifying your bookshelves and like, you know, having more PLC and having LGBTQ rep and having disability rep and all these different types of reps on there. And then you realize that like for those who live it and who like are already doing it, you're just like, well, you don't already do that. Like it's not part of your- No, it's definitely not. And like a lot of school systems because of the- types of um, thought that are at the head of school districts, you know, kids aren't raised to Mm -hmm. taught, you know, and and taught how to diversify not only their bookshelf, but their social media or, you know, the way that they're exposed to content, like they're thought, Mm -hmm. they're taught that there's only one sole source of truth. And um, it's, It's, I'm I'm hoping that TikTok does the work, but I see like just in our book talk space, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. Yeah, there is. The conversation has opened up more often through Book Talk. And I feel like uh, it has done a pretty good job of like opening a lot of people's eyes and realizing, mm-hmm. whoa, I don't do this already. I need to do this. Let me go look for it. And I feel like we've done pretty good so far as like a starting for this community to start opening people's eyes and teaching them like there's more out there than Mm -hmm. what you're getting at face value you know but you have to look for it you have to want it and then the more that you look for it the more people who are pushing this these books out there will start listening and be like this is what people are looking for why don't we have more of this and then Mm -hmm. we get you know the reward we get to reap the rewards later down the line you know yeah but it's something that we have to like consistently push for and we have to consistently ask for. And I just, I'm hoping that what we see based on like what happened this past year, these past two years, that we'll start seeing that change hit the publishing companies and start understanding because now they're realizing like book talk is like huge when it comes to our sales and huge when it comes to like what books get pushed and what books, you know, hit chart numbers. 
because of the influence that all these creators have and it's Mm -hmm. like pretty insane that like you know we have people like Eamon and we have people like Pauline who will recommend a book that they absolutely love and then like two days later it's sold out on Barnes and Noble on Amazon on anywhere that you get books and it's like pretty insane that like you know we have creator and and that they're friends of ours who have that influence to do that and have that power to shape readers lives and what content they like take in and it's it's pretty great and then you're doing your part by like you know not just being you know an author tiktok but you know it's like hey i'm a reader too okay and (laughs) i care about things and this is what i need to say about it because we we all need to hear it all the time yeah and definitely i mean just to comment on like the way that publishers have kind of seen TikTok. Um, what makes me nervous is the way that they kind of infiltrated Twitter back in the day. Like Twitter, Twitter was the thing, right? Twitter influenced minds. Then Instagram influenced minds, mm-hmm. and that's how they were able to hand sell books. And like, I'm afraid that the same influence is going to dampen TikTok and. Mm content creators are going to focus less and less on like that immediate love and the gushing that we all have from books that we like just are obsessed with um and it's going to be more about like ads and Mm -hmm. it's about paid advertising and and that's my only fear because Mm -hmm. I felt when I first joined TikTok I felt safe to talk about books that I love and as an author you know, that's like just putting that aside for a second. But as a reader, I felt like mm-hmm. I can talk right. about things that I love here. And yeah. I and I feel like I can connect with other people who also can talk about things that they love. And like I'm feeling more and more pressure to be an author on TikTok versus mm-hmm. a reader on TikTok mm-hmm. because of the way that publishing is starting to infiltrate and publishing houses now have accounts on TikTok and publishing houses are now like paying for advertising on TikTok. Like I got this is so insane. I'm not I'm not going to mention who, but a publishing house reached out to me and was like, we saw that you are on TikTok and we'd love for you to be part of our influencer program. And I was like, babes <laughs> did you check out the link in the bio <laughs> like I cannot be an influencer because that is like there's a conflict going on here like yeah. there's there's a major conflict going on here and there's a line right there that's being crossed and you don't see it and like the book that they sent me was like a non-diverse historical romance oh. mm-hmm. and I'm like mm-hmm. okay fine first of all I love historical romance like mm-hmm. if you guys want historical romance recs I'm happy to share them with you but mm-hmm. but that isn't that is like not my brand yeah <laughs> like it's not my brand. yeah I definitely um they're like I I'm on a couple of um I'm on like Berkeley's um influencer mm-hmm. program but like I told them like hey I will read the book and like but there's some books that like if you send me it and I don't particularly like want or interested in and I'm not gonna make a video or something like that because like I'm only putting out content for books or things that like I truly love and it's like when when I that's why like a lot of my videos I think you see like repetitive books and stuff and it's like well because I like these books like these yeah. are the books I'm trying to push out to you and I try to keep that in mind when I'm like when I like when I get asked or like when I get sent books I'm like I, I always put like an honest review on Goodreads that's where like you if I don't particularly care for a book I don't make a video on it I because mm-hmm. I want to keep my page like positive and I know that yeah. authors who I always try to put good and bad so it's like hey I loved this this and this but there were like this part's like um <laughs> love hypothesis where she sat on the professor's lap in nope. the middle of a lecture I, I'm in university nope. I'm in university right now like I'm getting my degree and I like read that and I thought it was cute at first and then I like sat there and it was your video that talked about it and I was thinking about it and I was like this is so weird like I would never do that in like I mean all. but like so like the point that I was trying to make and I think that there's a lot of people who didn't like really like grasp mm-hmm. the point I think you guys got it but like I think most people didn't grasp the point that I was trying to make. This is a book that features like two cishet white characters. And 
in the story, the heroine felt safe enough to sit on her professor's lap, maybe uncomfortable in the moment. And it's not her professor, but like a professor. Yeah. And both mm-hmm. of them are in a consensual relationship and it was a consensual move. But like the reason why it's so important to have diverse romance is because if this was a situation mm-hmm. where there was like a black or brown person sitting on a professor's lap the repercussions like the reputation the the way that it looks the opportunity all of it is so much different from cishet white characters yep. yeah 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 so, that's and like that's what i'm like did is is like this not something that people are talking about like this is why this is why yeah. <laughs> we need diverse books and I just made a video about it today. Denise Williams wrote a book called How to um, How to Fail at Flirting. Yes. That, that is the academic romance that we should be talking about too. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So but good. kind of back to my oh, point yeah. of like, yeah, that Sorry. is like, <laughs> yeah, 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 no. But like, I, I like, it was funny, but like I made a video about, it was a generic video and it was like when the MC when the main love interest falls in love before the MC mm-hmm. and it was with the love hypothesis and somebody commented and they were like, I think publishers are paying y'all to push this book out. And I was like, if I was, if the, if, if Berkeley wanted to pay me to push out this book, I didn't like put a review out on it or anything. Cause I was just like, Ugh. I didn't love it. it, but I didn't hate it. And I was just like, are people actually getting paid to push this book? I was like, I think the only ones that kind of did were book of the month because it was one of their books, but that's what they do every month. You know, that's, those are the books that they push. It just so happened that this book was, uh, it hit certain points that readers really eat up. You know, it's something that we we all look for. It it was a good book. It was fun. It was, it was a cute read. Um, it's like part marketing and part magic. Yeah. Yeah it's part marketing, part magic. Like, honestly, there's nothing new under the sun. So it's not like, you know, there was something new and magical about the love hypothesis. It's Mm -hmm. just like, there was a spark at the right place at the right time, just like a lot of other books. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it's a bad book. I'm I'm like, I don't want to go there. I, I personally didn't relate to it. I felt like there was some stuff in it that you know, other authors have done a little bit better, but Allie Hazelwood can like write a book. Right. Um, So, so I think when people say like, some of you all are like, are, I feel like some of you all are paid to push these books. It's, it's interesting. I think it's like a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily like it could start with a simple marketing campaign, but you know, yeah. Yeah. Sophie Lark is an incredible writer, but like, she doesn't have a publisher, right? <laughs> Spoiler alert, she's going to be our last guest, or I guess you yeah, know yes. if you're on the, uh, if you uh, follow us on Instagram, <laughs> but she is our last guest of this month. And I literally just got Brutal Prince in today. For man, yeah. Sophie can write a book. Like, I'm so man. excited. Sophie <sighs> can write a book. <laughs> that, is, I was, that is what I'm talking about. I was DMing yeah. with her and I was like, I might call you. I might like voice, I might send you like a voice memo at 3 a.m. <laughs> fair warning, like either hysterically crying about this series or like yelling at you, FYI. And she was like, oh, I can't wait. She's like, I'm so excited. And I'm like, oh my God, she's so sweet and amazing. And like, Mm -hmm. she's so nice. And I love that. And I'm just like, oh, I cherish you. (laughs) I can't wait to read the book. I can't wait. Her whole series, her world building blows my mind. I was hooked and you get authors like that like you said who don't have publishers you know who do all of like you know they're promoting themselves and anyone who picks up their books absolutely love them like all of my friends who have read the brutal birthright series and the kingmaker series absolutely love them and sophie's doing it on her own her and her hubby are doing everything on their own like business daddy shout out to you for like you know your covers because like you know what you're doing okay <laughs> and you know it, it works and and it's doing an amazing job and then like you said like it's we have waves on book talk of like when books 
blow up and it has to hit it's it's so weird it has to hit like right at the right time Mm -hmm. like for a while like back in summer it was like spanish love deception where it hit and then all of a sudden you were seeing it on like every other video wait can we pause for a second on spanish love deception (laughs) oh yes we gotta stop about this book okay (laughs) so do you both know who invented the sports romance oh i forgot um no, I don't. This may be before your time because it was a little bit before my time. I worked at Barnes Noble, so they I was taught like some like romance history. I forgot <laughs> who exactly. But... Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Phillips, oh, okay. yes, that's Susan the... Elizabeth Phillips started the sports romance, and her first book in the series. Hold on, I'm going to pull it up because it's so important. Um, it's like this. This is like an important conversation for us to have because I feel like. Everyone's talking about that one scene in Spanish Love Deception, and um, and like no one's giving credit where credit is due. Oh, uh, yeah. Is it? God, what is it? It had to be you. Okay, I think it was. It oh, had okay. to be you. It was, I feel like um, I've heard that name before. This woman inherits a sports team, and she's carried off the field. It is was the moment that like sparked sports romance like it it amazing and when the spanish love deception did it i was like just close the book slowly and oh. like slid it across the table i was like i'm gonna go i gotta go back to the classics <laughs> like go these... back to the og so oh. if you really liked spanish love deception check out it had to be you by susan elizabeth phillips and then if you also want like diverse sports romance um uh is it nana malone um i think it might be no it might be i'll think about it i'll and i'll tweet you guys (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i'm gonna mention something too about spanish love deception because it's i just saw that it has been picked up by a publisher and it was also in Times square an ad for the spanish love deception and Mm -hmm. these violent delights and i was like i cried at the these violent delights video when i saw it and i was like oh my god i was like oh my gosh book talk did that book talk did that <laughs> chloe's yep. amazing chloe, chloe is, amazing. is beautiful i love, I love, love her, her. <laughs> um i personally like really quickly on the spanish love deception i have not read it and i don't think i will simply because uh, i have a little brother who's 10 whose name is aaron <laughs> Mm, that's hard <laughs> and you have a brother named jacob and and i have a brother named jacob so that who... doesn't help with a lot of books either <laughs> a lot of books a lot of books kind of like there it's just like who i need to know the name at least just the name don't need to know what they do and if we're away from those two names i'm good like you're good lights, <laughs> speeding ahead Other yeah no that, it's it's funny because my roommate's name, my roommate's boyfriend's name is Reese. And I read a book and it was Reese and it was the exact same spelling as his name. And I literally told them, I was like, I'm correcting this to like a whole other name. I was like, I, this, this man is not named Reese in this book because I literally cannot. they're like my mom and dad. And I'm like, I could never read a book about <laughs> my parents. Like, no, I can never. Oh, yeah. That's like the, the. <laughs> that's our that's the limit right that's there the we limit. Have, look we, we can deal with some forms of other dark romances but having the same name as somebody that we know in real life that is an hard automatic no. <laughs> hard limit yeah yeah I can but, see that I mean but, for me it's a little more difficult for me to find <laughs> books with people I know so I can't really sympathize but I get you <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah but Oh, by the way, it was Naima Simone's book, um, Scoring Off the Field. So Naima Simone, Simone, if you want diverse sports. I mean, I know Spanish Love Deception is a workplace romance. It's not like a sports romance, Mm -hmm. but like, I feel like that's the scene that everyone on TikTok was talking about. And I had to, like, I had to bring it up and make a point on this podcast. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But kind of going back to what grace was saying about like yeah like there is like these special moments on tiktok where a book like Mm -hmm. it like it it's so you can't really like target a certain time it just kind Mm -hmm. of happens where there's this natural flow of like there's this soar of 
content about this one book and then it kind of it kind of starts to go down and you're like you have to get it right when it's starting to go down you have to have a really good like review video oh i put my computer on do not disturb and it's just wrong um but you have to like get it where it's slightly curving down and people are like okay we're kind of done with this book what's the next book and then you have to you have to have somebody who is that person who is very compelling and convincing and they love the book and they're like everyone has to read it like Eamon did with Addie LaRue mm -hmm. that that was sold out like I worked in Barnes and Noble everybody was coming in for that and we were like we mm. do not have this we we can't order anymore right now we do not have any and they were like where can I get it and you, I'm like you can get an e-copy and they're like no I want the physical copy and I'm like I, I can't do anything and I like I was like when I first met Eamon I was like Eamon you made my life harder <laughs> those weeks <laughs> I love Amen. She's the best. Oh, she's she's literally awesome. Uh, she's actually coming to California. Like a few others, like Maggie, we're all coming to meet. And it's like, it's like my dream to meet Amen. Amen, if you're listening to this, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, I definitely that in can... a non creepy voice. Yeah. <laughs> no oh, I definitely threatened in her comments. I'm like, don't. I was like, don't make me come humble you because she got verified. And I was like, oh, now that she's oh, verified, yes. she's acting different. And she's like, I know I'm acting different. And I was like, don't make me come humble you because I'll drive over to, I'll drive to her house. I've done it where I've like, I had driven like through two tornadoes to get to her. I was like, I will do it again. And she's like, bet. Like, come see me. I, I dare you. And it's so funny. She's such a fun person. And her reviews, she posted a, like a, a video and she was talking about how she was duetting her old like reviews and stuff. And you see like the confidence in her completely 180. And you're like, the power yeah. she holds now is like one review and your book can like, it blows yeah. up with like, those compelling people and it's not just that she has a big platform it's just that she's a very she has that very compelling way of describing a book of like telling you her thoughts about the book and like what she liked about it and it's like I could probably never do that that's why I say I give vague reviews I don't like telling people what the book's about I don't like knowing what a book's about <laughs> when I, I get so excited about a book I can't tell people what it's about I'm just like stop stop just read this like that's yeah. all I can do <laughs> Yeah, and like, yeah. <laughs> this sounds really bad, but I will gatekeep a book if I like it enough. I'm like, I don't want anybody to read this because I liked it so much. It's like, I, oh I, I have to like force Maggie to read anything that I love that she has not read yet. And I'm just like, dude, if you don't pick up this book right now, I will literally like shove this book down your throat. Like every time I'm talking to her, have you read it? Have you read it? Have you read it? <laughs> Oh my I need to know that there that's the two different scales <laughs> um, you guys should have like a podcast like a like a poll every month like books that Grace has recommended to Maggie which one should Maggie read next and then like have people vote on it <laughs> wait we might you actually do that that could be our that's it okay okay so do you want to okay. give us any more content what else should we create like any other any ideas you want us to bring on it's, too it's like magic it's like magic on tiktok i have no idea <laughs> it's, it'll come when it comes and then yeah. I'll let it come. It, that's something always hits like right now i'm like in a tiktok rut i have no idea what to post so it's just like it's just it's it's there i, I it, it account is there somehow but yeah um i do i want to ask this um have you ever like we get tons of reviews and tons of recs on book talk but you as a reader have you picked up a book that you didn't think that you would originally reach for but a review just made you pick it up and you fell in love have you had that book yet morning glory milking farm <laughs> I hate to say it. We literally talked about this in the yes. last episode. I hate <laughs> to say it, but Morning Glory Milking Farm. It was okay. a good book. <laughs> it was a, I mean, if, if they weren't minotaurs or like other creatures who walking around this, this world, it would be a cute little rom-com. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that everyone, everyone knows that book and just by everyone the cover. who has read it. Yeah. Everyone who has read it 
has absolutely loved it and it's mm-hmm. so like we were talking with Katie and we were just like you know what we've ha- the monsters are coming in and they are like the next wave we've had our ice planet barbarians we had our minotaurs the next the next type of beast is is coming up I, I can feel well, it growing. I've seen so many werewolf romance wrecks like, oh yes so many shifter like, like shifters and i'm really i'm really annoyed that no one is picking up nalini singh shifter books okay like hello i have been shouting about nalini singh for like seven months now (laughs) since i joined (laughs) it's it's picking up it's gonna it's gonna come out right now everyone's gonna pick them up and they're just gonna be like this is it this is our next phase and no one will give me credit because that's the way it goes (laughs) we're saying this now if uh, this series ends up taking off, Nisha said it first. We'll comment on that. every on every video. We'll comment every video. We'll be like Nisha, Nisha said, said it first. <laughs> Maybe that should be our sticker instead. Nisha <laughs> said. I appreciate that because let me tell you, I was talking about Ice Planet Barbarians for a very long time as well. I just want to look. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you you are definitely like the ones that the market needs to be looking at because like all of these books that take off apparently you 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 saw them first you you well, know them first I have to admit I have a little bit of a cheat I listened to oh. the Faded Mates podcast so oh. Faded Mates by Jen Prokop and Sarah McLean who's also an author and mm-hmm. I get so many romance recs from these two because Jen is a Kirkus romance correspondent. Sarah is a voracious reader. She used to write a romance rec column for the Washington Post. And of course, like she's just a brilliant person in general. And both of them have the best romance recs um, that like fill the gaps where I, where I don't have them. And then author mm-hmm. Joanna Shoup is another one who also reads like a lot of dark romance, a lot of mafia romance. And um, and Katie. So Katie, Joanna, and myself, we have like a text chat and we like when a book comes up and that we've seen it, we like immediately start like, you have to read this, you have to read this. And so, um, so hundred percent, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. It's like Faded Mates, Joanna Shoup, Katie Robert, like all of these people are my, are my go-tos. Your go-tos. <laughs> oh gosh. I love that. I love that. Like the, that, we get all of these recs from other people and then like we pass them on and then like somehow it, it just like grows from there yeah. and then we realize like well actually this person told me about it and then it like goes all the way back to it and it's like mm-hmm. it's it's pretty great how like that chain reaction goes mm-hmm. because I gotta say like um your mafia rap books like that's that's my bread and butter right they now they slap right they they <laughs> I swear, my parents. Grace is Grace is heavy into mafia romance, like right now. Like for the last like three months, that's what she's just been reading is mafia romance. She read Sophie, Sophie Lark's Lark. books, okay. all of them. Cora Cora Riley. That's my next. Okay. That's my next. Okay, uh, Danielle Laurie. That was my first. That was okay. my first. Good. And Katie Robert. Oh yes. So I was I I was gonna pick up her um her O'Malley name, se- yeah this the second gen of it and I was like I was gonna okay, read it back. and I was just like wait Gotta wait a minute this is the second gen I need to go back so I also did you see the that. dedication to the second gen no oh, no she, she dedicated it to me she's I like do. this book wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Nisha Sharma like so your sticker maybe should read Nisha <laughs> said it first Nisha said it first <laughs> uh, you know what I might have to just redesign it right now what is that? <laughs> no Let dating just... Jacksonville is fine it's it's fine I really should be talking about my books as well <laughs> I spend a lot of time talking about other people's books it's fine <laughs> well but like we we kind of how we said like you are like a reader first when it is comes to yeah. TikTok. It definitely feels like you are a reader first and you can definitely tell that you do have a, a dedicated love to reading, I could say. Yeah. It's like <laughs> very heavily prevalent where I'm like, oh yeah, she gets really good rec- book recommendations. And then like after like following you for a while, I was like, oh, she's an author too. <laughs> Everyone has said that. I didn't know you wrote books. I'm like, well, that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's like... <laughs> You need to do I'm like out a- here promoting everyone else's books, but hey, I happen to have one too. It's it's, I mean, it's I don't even look at it as promoting though. I look at it as talking yeah. about these stories that I just absolutely yes. love that made me yeah. feel so great. So yeah, well, kind of a hard question here, but we talked about 
your mafia wrecks. What is like some good like uh spooktober is definitely a big thing for like the romance realm right now so like what is your like top three like spooky romance books that you would recommend for our okay listeners? Sam just cap me at three okay okay so, five um, we'll do five we'll do five so here we go so I did two videos on two different Nora Roberts wrecks and I'm going to just mention them briefly here um so the first one is the Blood Brothers trilogy it's about three boys who kind of unleash this demon from the stone that it was trapped in when they were 10 years old and every seven years this demon comes and kind of haunts the town for seven days and for the first time ever the, these boys turn 30 for the first time ever another person can see this demon it's this woman who comes to town to kind of debunk the myth of this of this demon and she of course falls in love with one of the guys and it's a love story for each of the books it's so good they they like figure out how to trap the demon check your trigger warnings though because it it there there are quite a few triggers this demon is like really terrible and super scary the audiobook like don't listen to it when you're driving at night that's all I gotta say so <laughs> I'm a sucker for audiobooks so yeah. that was a very good warning right there <laughs> just don't <laughs> listen to it at night because it will scare you um the second Nora book that I mentioned is um it's like the three sisters island where it's about three witches and mm, uh, yes. the three witches yeah it's pretty good so the three witches basically um have to stop this island from falling into the sea um because of this curse and they have to like undo this curse that happened like 300 years ago and um it's delicious all three books have you know each book in the trilogy has its own romance so I think that's uh, it's amazing um Practical Mal uh, Magic by Alice Hoffman of course is like it's that's a, standard, a staple right? that's a staple for Spooktober um mm -hmm. so so I think those are like three that I would definitely mention and then the four the uh the fourth one is another Nora trilogy which I'm going to talk about on my like to, I'm going to do a video about it eventually. I love Nora's because they're just spooky enough, but they don't like scare the shit out of me. So I can't sleep yeah. at night. So yeah. like, um, this one is fantastic on audiobook. It takes place in Tennessee. So the narrator has this lovely deep, like, oh. um, like Southern accent that's like soft oh. and soothing. And oh. um, it's about a haunted house. And basically this ghost sings to children. <clears throat> And, um, and she's like, and there's like muddy footprints, like going out into the back, like, and it's about a greenhouse. And the second book in the trilogy is an older heroine. She's in her fifties. Um, oh. And so it's like, it's really. What really was the series bad. name? Um, oh my gosh. It's um, the, the books are like red lily, black rose, blue Dahlia. I don't remember the name mm -hmm. of it. Blue Dahlia is first. Black Rose is second, Red Lily is third. Um, so those are the three books from Nora oh, that I had. It's um the in the garden series. In the garden series. Just spooky enough, also phenomenal on audiobook. Let me tell you, that southern accent totally gets me every mm -hmm. single time. Um let's see. Love, love audiobooks when they do the accent. And oh my goodness, it is like broken out. Raylan's voice, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> you hit different yes so so good I also love rereading Katie Roberts Wicked Villains series during October because I don't know it's not spooky but at the same time it feels like just the right time to reread like Jafar's story yeah um so it's uh, Katie Roberts is definitely an October staple um and then last but not least because it is fall and it is football season I like to read like sports romances around this time so it's not really spooktober but like it definitely gives me like fall vibes to reread like some of my favorite sports romances um so of course like Sarah, uh, uh, Susan Elizabeth Phillips who like invented the sports romance Naima Simone writes amazing sports romance uh, novels and then of course um Farrah Roshan highly recommend Farrah Roshan as well for diverse um sports romances um, and that's, that's like my, my like rundown of my October reading list. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so like, that was kind of like one of Grace's like requests. She was like, we have to have our recommended books on the podcast. Like, we have to have a segment. Have to, it has to be like a whole rec list, especially from Nisha, because like your rats <laughs> are A1. They hit yeah, all the time. 
I'm definitely excited for Wicked Villains by Kitty Robert. I have not read it yet, but I'm going to do her um, Kickstarter of the getting them all in like the special editions. I'm a special edition whore. Like I am a special edition (laughs) whore. Like I, I will, special editions are my shit. Like I, I, I don't really like hardcovers, but I will get a hardcover book. And if it's, if it is a special edition, so I'm really excited for her and to see what the goodies are and the books in that. Oh yeah. Katie is a beast. She works so hard. She like has the best swag, the best like art. It's amazing. So if it's coming from Katie, I highly would recommend. I definitely have wanted to like join her Patreon to get the Nazi from work. Um, and also, like, not only that, she has, like, free stories and stuff on there. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Well, not free, but, like, you know, part of the Patreon. So I yeah. have Yeah. Oh, um, going back to the Mafia, speaking of book recs, I haven't mentioned, definitely pick up Willow Winter's Lauren Landis. Oh, yes. Mafia romances. There's a, there's an auction in one of them. I have the, uh, all the I got movies. you, Grace. I have all the other you right just here. know exactly what I need. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so anytime I just don't know what to read, I'll automatically go to you. Like, hey, Misha. Yeah. yeah. You want to do it like, we'll just DM <laughs> you one day and you'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Here. <laughs> I'll just start commenting on all your videos and I'll just put like specific like recs. So you could just have content you can generate. I'll be like, um, I appreciate that. Picking up this, like, TikTok, they're not showing like the comments. If you reply to a comment right now, oh, yeah, it's just it's so, like, showing like a white box, like the comment box, but white. And I'm I like, I don't know why. It's a glitch I'm thinking in their new like way they're doing things. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Because apparently now you can, if someone, if a creator has replied with a video you can also reply to that comment even though it wasn't on your video like for example if maggie you respond to a comment like if you respond to nisha's comment in a video i can also respond to her comment as a video of of myself i think if we're friends yeah yes yes yes. if we're mutuals yeah because faye commented on another person's video and then they um they responded to the comment with a video like their own comment they responded Mm -hmm. with their own video talking about the because they didn't want to like show the video but they're like you can link go to my comment in the video and like it and then (laughs) come back to this video (laughs) but yeah i saw that and i was like i saw it for one of my mutuals on like a random post not a book talk created and they like commented and then they did like a video and i was like just a new thing i'm sorry what yeah. people are like commenting and then making videos on my on my post i'm like it's kind of scary TikTok, TikTok goes forward with like new tools and things that you can do but then something is always taken off like with the closed captioning not everybody had them and then oh only they rolled it out slowly yeah yeah it yeah. was I like, still, don't throw it out there if you don't if it's not ready half yeah. baked I want to make comments I want to make a uh, collections playlists I, know, I want to make I still don't have that that's exactly either. what I want to do too yeah because like I have so many different types of videos and like people are always like hey like can you give me a recommendation and I'm like I have so many videos, videos. <laughs> I, I literally yeah. I'm like just I'm I'm scroll, scroll. Like it's like the, somewhere. I'm like you can literally go to my page and there's so many recommendation videos I have like and <laughs> review videos as well. So, well, um, I'm guessing this is where we're gonna probably have to end for today because we do have to cut this short because Nisha do does have to go get her car. Yeah, <laughs> um, sorry everyone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> did you guys get any questions from like from other people? I'm happy to answer oh, questions. Yes, yes. Uh, we hit one of them, but we do want to. Uh, before before we go um one question was what inspired you to become a writer mm, uh nancy drew and hardy boy mysteries so <laughs> nancy drew like <laughs> look i gotta okay so so I'll, I'll go into it for like a little bit so when i was a kid and i don't know if they exist anymore but when i was a kid i used to read nancy drew mysteries i used to read hardy boy mysteries but there were super mysteries where both of them had crossovers. crossovers. And yes. in the crossover books, there's one that was called Secrets of the Nile. And Nancy Drew and Frank Hardy kissed on a balcony 
And I will never forget this scene. This is like imprinted on my brain for the rest of my natural <laughs> life. And I started writing fan fiction because Ned was a terrible boyfriend and Nancy deserved better. And Nancy and Frank should have traveled the world solving mysteries together. And I would write, like, at the time, I didn't even know I was writing fan fiction. I just called it continuation of my favorite Nancy Drew and Frank Cardi stories. And so that started it. And of course, I was influenced by, like, cultural um, sources, like Bollywood. Most of the Bollywood movies I watched were romances. Mm -hmm. So I always thought that it was expected for great stories to have that happily ever after. And I wanted to write some of my own because Bollywood didn't really fully represent me. I was an American um, South Asian, and American South Asian experiences are completely different than the full right. South Asian experience in Bollywood. And Nancy Drew and Frank Hardy are very much not South Asian. <laughs> so I didn't see myself in the books that I was reading either. Yeah. So there I was deciding to write South Asian romances. And every single book I've written so far is between two South Asian characters. Oh, yeah. I am actually in the middle of the takeover effect, which I am loving. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> it's so good and I love that it is a trilogy which is like a good sweet spot of like a series so I am so excited to jump into that right before right before getting to dating Dr. Phil but <laughs> that's in March yes. so you have some time left but <laughs> I have time I have time um, um, another question okay. was uh you kind of answered it but like you you kind of have like that inspiration but like when you came up with like uh taming the shrew and stuff how do you come up with those like general inspired inspired like by like uh shakespeare like did you just like oh i want to write something inspired by this or was it like did you have to sometimes like sit like hey i wanted this story but like what is it going to be like that kind of like underlying like plot points that is yeah. the shrew so um, I, I loved reading Shakespeare in plays. Um, I, I went to Folger's Library in DC. I would spend like so much time down there um, going through the old folios, like Shakespeare's folios. I really, really, like one of my favorite ones was Much Ado About Nothing, which is mm -hmm. the second book in the trilogy will be like a remix of Much Ado About Nothing. And, um, and of course, Taming of the Shrew was definitely up there. And when I was brainstorming the story with my agent and with my editor, and I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to take these plays that I absolutely loved and I want mm. to push them through a South Asian like grinder. <laughs> And I want to chop them up and I want it to come out on the other side as like a South Asian inspired story because so many of these 1500s storylines, you know, these, um, these stories that Shakespeare had produced um, were, have very similar connections to um, cultural references, like South Asian cultural references. Right. And I want to dismantle stereotypes in my stories. And this mm -hmm. is the best way to do it. And I want to have fun while doing it too. Yeah. And so these three plays bring me joy because they're fun to read, but I want, I want my, my community to see themselves in these stories now too. And um, I'm going to try my best. <laughs> and I, I have, of course, like my skill set is limited, but I'm going to try my best to do it justice. And so that's how like that seed was planted. I loved the idea of doing a retelling. I wanted to do a retelling or a remix and I wanted it to be um, inspired by South Asian culture. I wanted to write something for my community and I wanted to have fun. And Dating Dr. Phil was, was created. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited for it. And I feel like it's, it's gonna be something that's, it's gonna be that next wave. <laughs> Knock on wood, because there has not been a diverse book that has gotten hype on book talk quite yet. <laughs> we're, we're we're pushing the boundaries. We're 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 gonna make it happen. I hope Don't so. Worry. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about it now. When I say diverse, I mean BIPOC diverse. There has not been yes. BIPOC diversity yet on book talk. <laughs> yes, we're we're pushing it out there. We're manifesting it. Yeah, it'll happen. Let somehow. it be the next big BIPOC diverse wave. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm, we're gonna 
at sadly end here um because i we know i'm like i'm like i'm keeping i'm keeping us on time i appreciate it i was like yes. i was like I, you could see me like looking down i'm like okay we can't we can't go past we can't go past this time i'm like Thank i'm like you. grace is probably like looking at me she's probably like why is she looking down so much i usually am like researching as like people are talking i'm like okay looking at i like yeah. scrolling usually through instagram feeds and like tiktok <laughs> feeds and stuff and i was like it's like nope i'm looking at the time i'm like one up my apple watch every like two minutes to do not sure. even worry about it <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, before we, uh, completely end our episode, we do want to kind of give, uh, an update and last week on Katie's episode, we did mention that we are doing a October drop for this October event. We are doing a sticker for each of our authors for Katie Roberts. We are doing the, um, mythological fanfic, um, sticker. You will most likely see, um, kind of sneak peeks on our Instagram stories for the podcast on there on our on our shop Instagram as well and for Anisha we have a I heart Dr. Dill um sticker that is just so cute but you know it, it might, know. We might also have to switch it up it might, it might change <laughs> I appreciate that maybe we'll put like Nisha said it first but then we'll put like a stethoscope and like a heart somewhere so you know that like it pays homage. Maybe we'll do that. <laughs> okay, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> so make sure you guys uh, keep an eye out. We are going to be dropping these um, sticker packs in the middle of October. So maybe a few days from now when this episode airs, we are so excited for it. And we want to thank you, Nisha, for being our second guest for this month long event. And it was such a blast to have you on. And yes. we love talking with you. It was I really fun. appreciate yeah. you guys inviting me. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, we're definitely going to put links to all your books, uh, pre-orders um, for you, and we'll put all your social media links. And we're definitely, we definitely want to, I don't know about Grace, I'm introducing this, but I want to have like an author's like panel talk where like all the authors we've talked to and stuff, we like bring them on for like a live, like we do like a live episode and like talk with everybody because like, I want to talk with like you and Katie together and then They're Alexis. Awesome. We're pretty I, awesome. Yes. And Alexis too is amazing. Yes. <laughs> I, I love that like that you guys are like all friends and we're just like, oh, you know, we're having this author on. They were just like, oh yeah, we're friends. We're friends. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes. <laughs> I love that. It's really great. But thank you so much, Nisha, for coming on. Thanks, thank Maggie. Thanks, thank you Grace. for our <laughs> listeners as well, because yes. I don't think we don't appreciate y'all. I We appreciate you, but I don't think we say it enough because we definitely like, we always are like, oh, this, this person's not going to like, come on. They're going to say no, like, no, but like our listeners really do help support us and listen to us and follow us and y'all comment a lot and we love you. And thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Next week, we are going to have Ben Alderson on. He is the author of Lord of Eternal Night very interesting because he lives in London and so I've had to do some calculations when it comes to time zones um but that is going to be next week's guess no yes 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 it's in two weeks from today but I'm thinking like next week I have to play it ahead it's fine um yeah (laughs) <laughs> will be our next guest and we are excited to have him on if you guys haven't looked up his books make sure you guys do so by the time we actually have him on you guys know exactly who we're talking about and make sure you guys check out all of our pre-order links for all of our authors on and yeah yes. thank you guys we'll see you in the next one bye bye guys <laughs>